from the studios of Adventist World Radio in Pune. Hello and a very warm welcome to our international English service. In our program today, we bring inspiring music and interesting nature study. With more music coming in, we shall end our program with a message from God's word. This is your host Sharad and I am Maureen and you are listening to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Let's begin our program with a song. Jesus sees 
listening to Adventist World Radio the voice of hope from Pune India and now here's a nature study the praying insect dear friend i'm glad to share a nature study on the praying insect i remember when i was a little girl my uncle who was living with us went out into the field beside our house and found some egg cases he put them on his window he said he didn't know what kind they were but maybe we would soon find out one day he arrived home from his work and entered his room soon he called me i went running to his room and saw little green creatures all over the window screen window desk bed well all over the room hundreds of them what are they i asked he replied these are baby praying mantises what is that i asked The praying mantis is an insect about 4 inches long. It has funny tilted legs for walking and two spiny jointed front legs that are used to catch other insects for food. They have a triangular shaped head with large eyes, he said. Why are they called praying mantises? I asked. My uncle told me that these mantids raise from the front feet up in a posture of praying. This mantis will sit up and be quiet for long periods of time. It is not praying but watching for food. Mantises are so still that when an insect passes by, they reach out quickly with their two front legs and capture it, then eat it. Although the praying mantis is an enemy and only fooling the other insects, it is friendly to gardeners because it eats many pest insects. These insects are caught off guard and lose their lives because they do not recognize the enemy. In our spiritual life, we have an enemy whose name is Satan. As our text for today says, we need to be on guard that he will not attack us without our knowing it. We need to watch for his false ways. He will bring many things into our lives to trick us into his arms of sin. We need to stay close to the Lord so that we can identify Satan when we see him. So, dear listener, ask the Lord today as you pray to help you recognize Satan and his ways so you will not be caught as his prey. God will help you identify if you will only ask him. Thank you for the nature study. We are sure our listeners enjoyed it. To learn more on nature, keep listening to Adventist World Radio. 
we will be studying different objects of nature because there is a simplicity and purity in these lessons direct from nature that makes them of the highest value. The children and youth, all classes of students, need the lessons to be derived from this source. In itself, the beauty of nature leads the soul away from sin and worldly attractions and toward purity, peace and God. Dear friend, death, struggle, pain and violence were not part of God's original creation. Let's discover what was the world like when God created it. To know more on God's word, you could also write to us. Here's our mailing address. Adventist World Radio, Post Box number 17, Pune 411001, Maharashtra, India. You could also email us on adventistmediacenter at gmail.com. You may also follow our programs on our website awr.org slash English program. Before you hear God's word, here's another song. God sent us the best gift of heaven. You know, he put out all of heaven in that one gift. And that is none other than Jesus. In the wilderness of temptation and the garden of Gethsemane. And even while on the cross, our Savior wrestled with the prince of darkness. When Jesus hung in agony upon the cross, while evil spirits rejoiced and evil men reviled, his heel was bruised by Satan, but that very act was crushing the serpent's head. Yes, our Redeemer opened the way so that even the most sinful may find access to the Father. Friends, it is because He lives that I can come boldly to the throne of grace. My elder brother and my advocate fought the greatest battle and won it. I feel so assured in His arms and life is just worth the living just because he lives.
Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker. And I'm Elizabeth Talbot. Elizabeth, I've baptized people in a variety of places, uh, in oceans, rivers. I remember baptizing a young man in a lake in November, and it was very cold. I can imagine. He hit that water and almost changed his mind. Uh, <laughs> it was a very refreshing experience for him. But the most unusual place was a young woman who was on hospice. Mm. She was dying and was unable to leave her home because she was just too frail, too weak. And so we filled the bathtub with water. She she had made a commitment to Christ, but wanted to follow him all the way, even through Bible baptism, which is through immersion. And so we placed her in a bathtub, and I knelt by the bathtub as I administered a baptism oh, for wonderful. her. Oh, how wonderful, how wonderful. And it was a very sacred and holy moment for her. She died not long after that, uh, just a few weeks, but uh, she had followed her Lord in, in taking that step of baptism. That's wonderful. Today we're going to talk about, actually, why is baptism important and what is the condition for baptism? Yeah. Um, a lot of people think that there's a lot of conditions to be baptized, but actually today we're going to talk about a story where um, there is a person that is not a Jew that has not necessarily heard everything, and all of a sudden he encounters the good news of Jesus Christ, and he's baptized immediately. Yeah, that's right. Now, again, we are we are following this this outline of Acts that was mentioned to us early on that uh, that the gospel would be preached in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And so far, we focused on Jerusalem. Jerusalem, yes. And, and chapter one, verse eight, gave us that outline, and Luke is very specific about this. Uh, mm-hmm. Remember that we just left Stephen. Um, yesterday, he's he's going to be stoned because of his sermon. And in verse 58 of chapter 7, it says that all those that stoned Stephen were placing the robes at the feet of a young na- uh, man named Saul. Saul yeah. Of course, that's going to be Paul later, right? Mm-hmm. And then chapter 8 starts by saying that Saul started this persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And then he tells you, and through the regions of Judea and Samaria, all these people were scattered. So now the the story of Acts begins to spread to Judea and, and Samaria. Samaria. And, so and we Philip, find that in particular with Philip in the story of an Ethiopian uh-huh. who uh, has been to Jerusalem, perhaps for the worship, and now is is driving away in his chariot. Yes, and you can see verse 4 is now Philip in Samaria. He is also another one of the seven. Don't forget that he's one of the seven along with Stephen, the, right? The deacons that were uh, elected because they were filled with the Holy Spirit, these were Hellenistic Jews who were administering the, the care of the Hellenistic uh, widows in Jerusalem, but they also have been filled with the Holy Spirit, and they too have become ministers of the gospel, preaching the gospel. And a very interesting story happens in Samaria, and uh, you will you can read it at home with uh, those that were doing magic arts, etc., etc. And then Peter and John go to Samaria, and they realize that there are actually people accepting um, mm-hmm. the gospel there. Then the Holy Spirit gives Philip a very strange command to go to a particular desertic road that is in, in the middle between Jerusalem and Gaza. And, mm-hmm. and we pick up the story on verse 26 of chapter 8. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. So he got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of uh, 
Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure, and he had come to Jerusalem to worship, and he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. And it's very interesting because here we have somebody that is not a Jew, Mm -hmm. and he has come all the way from Egypt to Jerusalem just to worship. And he is so reading, apparently he's been reading someplace. He, he's been dissatisfied with the, with the gods that he served. He's been reading perhaps the Old Testament, become convicted some way of, of the, the validity of, of the claims of the Old Testament, and now has, has come to Jerusalem to worship. And we're told that he's a eunuch. Maybe, Mike, you can tell us what that means. Well, a, a eunuch actually referred to more than one thing. Uh, for one, it, it could be just someone who was a servant, but also it would be someone who had been emasculated and had, was serving in in the palace of, of a royal official. Which would have been a problem for the temple because even if he wanted to become a Jew right. uh, and become a proselyte, somebody that converted to Judaism, mm-hmm. um, it would be a problem because he was not physically whole as far as the Jews were concerned. So he would not be allowed into the temple itself in order to worship there. So he probably had worshipped from a distance and we don't know if he was carrying the prophet Isaiah, the scroll with him because it was like a souvenir from mm-hmm. Jerusalem or if he had been uh, reading it all along. All and we know is that, that what drove him to Jerusalem to worship Correct. in the first place. And he's not fully understanding, obviously, because God orchestrates this meeting between the Ethiopian and Philip so that Philip can actually teach the gospel mm-hmm. to this man from this very scroll that he is reading. So maybe we should continue reading here. Verse 29, it says, Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go up and join this chariot. Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, Do you understand what you were reading? And he said, Well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of Scripture which he was reading was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his uh, his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. Now, those of you that have read Isaiah 53 um, know that this is coming exactly from verses 7 and 8. And if you had a Septuagint in front of you, which was the previous uh, Greek translation that Philip is actually reading from, is word by word, verse 7 and mm-hmm. 8. It is obviously from the Septuagint rather than from the Hebrew Correct. Uh, uh, version of the Scripture itself. Yes. And uh, what is very interesting is that um, the next verse... Uh, verse 34 says, the eunuch answered Philip and said, okay, tell me, who, who is the prophet talking about? Mm-hmm. And then verse 35, which is one of my favorite verses, Philip opened up his mouth and beginning from this very scripture, from mm-hmm. this very verse, he preached Jesus to him. Again, we go back to Luke 24 when Jesus himself said that all of the Old Testament, all the law, all mm-hmm. the prophet, all the Psalms, everything testifies of him. Yeah. That that's what pointed forward to him. Philip understands this and is using this passage and others in, in scripture, Old Testament scripture, mm-hmm. to preach Jesus to this man who has come from Ethiopia. Isaiah 15 has been called the proto-gospel, which means the first time that the gospel was actually uh, spoken of mm-hmm. quite openly, openly, quite boldly. Because the proto-gospel, like the prototype. This yeah, is the first the, the time first it's been, one, it's been yes. revealed to us, been and, put out there. And one of my favorite verses from Isaiah 53 is actually uh, verse uh, 5, and some of you have heard it. It was used uh, to start the, the Passion of the Christ, mm-hmm. the, the movie that many of you have seen. Uh, verse 5 says, He was pierced for our transgression. And he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment of our well-being was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Yeah. And so here we have... Um, that is beautiful. Yes. Here we have 
Philip taking the scripture and explaining to this man that Jesus died for him. And look at the response that this man has in the moment that he understands. Yeah, once he understands the gospel, then in verse 36, and as they went along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, water. What prevents me from being baptized? Now, why, why would he have said that? Um, you know, a lot of people say, well, baptism is something that the Christians invented. Actually, no, it, it, it existed prior to Christianity. Yes, yes, because a proselyte was, for example, some, a Gentile that became a Jew. a Jew and was circumcised and became a Jewish believer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have a baptism. Right, a baptism. Yeah, yes. and, and you can see in some of the archaeological sites, large pools where they would be baptized. Yeah, the Essenes practiced baptism mm-hmm. uh, even before the advent of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so, again, this is a practice that had been passed down, and, and Christianity adapted it. Uh, verse 37 And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, some of you that are looking at your Bibles right now are probably startled by finding that you don't have verse 37. Mm-hmm. Uh, because verse 37 wasn't in some of the manuscripts. So some of you will find a little asterisk and, and go to the bottom of the page and you'll find it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, this is very important because he says, look, there's water. Can I be baptized? And Philip in verse 37 actually tells him what is the condition. If yeah. you believe in all your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, you right. can be baptized. Because right. he understood that he was changing his way of understanding salvation. That's why he himself, the Ethiopian, said, look, there is water here. I want to be baptized. The acceptance of Jesus Christ and his divinity uh, changes everything. When you recognize that this is God in the flesh who came here for a specific purpose, and that purpose was to suffer and to die for humanity, mm-hmm. then that begins to change everything. And that is the foundational belief of Christianity. You know, there's a lot of people that are um, religious and even Christians that have not understood the gospel. I have known people that many years after being in the church, they say, finally understand mm-hmm. that the assurance of salvation is in Jesus Christ. And they get baptized again because they were not really baptized into the understanding that mm-hmm. Jesus has done for them what they could not do for themselves. And so Philip does baptize the eunuch. And I love the way the 39, verse 39 ends Yeah, when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. And this is one of the characteristics (laughs) in the book of Acts, that those that accept Jesus Christ have this inner, uh, incredible, mega joy that Mm -hmm. takes over in their lives, even if they are in the midst of tribulation. And you know, why wouldn't you have joy? The fact is that you are loved, accepted, forgiven by the God of heaven. Your life is forever changed. Eternity is sealed for you. You will spend it in the presence of the Father. Why wouldn't you say (laughs) woohoo? Why wouldn't you have joy? And that's been the experience of the people that we see here in the book of Acts. When they receive Jesus Christ as their Savior, joy, because they've been relieved from guilt, shame, and suffering. Basically, joy is now the core of their being. If you have never been baptized into the understanding that Jesus is the your Savior, and that you in Him have eternal life. We invite you today to make that commitment. It's a symbol of your acceptance of Jesus Christ, and you know that you will see Him face to face. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. We want to thank Voice of Prophecy for their generosity in sharing these biblical studies with Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101institute.org. That's Jesus 101 Institute. Until next time, live free.
With this, we have almost come to the end of our program. To learn more on God's Word, we would love to receive your letters on Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number Seventeen, Pune, Four One One Zero Zero One, Maharashtra, India. You could also email us on Adventist Media Center at Gmail dot com. We invite you to follow our programs also on our website. That's AWR. dot org slash english program this is your host sharad and i'm maureen signing off from adventist world radio do join us again along with your family and friends until we meet again via radio we wish you goodbye and god bless you <laughs> 